Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the OnLive podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. Hello, everyone. This is Helen Ornelas on life with Helen. And today I have one of my favorite guests that I've been trying to get on the show, and he's made some time for us, Dr. Kent. He is a chiropractor. And for you business owners that are out there every day, kind of on your computer, driving too much, sitting all day, looking at your phone, Dr. Kent has some great information to share with us. And I know from personal experience that he has got my body back in shape. And so sit back for the next 20 minutes or so, and let's listen to what Dr. Kent wants to share with us today. So Dr. Kent, so happy to have you. Do you want to spend a few minutes kind of letting us know who you are, what you do, and a couple of things that you want us to know about keeping our bodies in shape when we're living the world we're living in today? Well, thanks, Helen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share information about the body. I love the body. That's why I got into chiropractic. And um, go starting from scratch, I'm a, I'm a chiropractor. I have a degree in human biology as well. I've been a chiropractor for 25 years now. My uncle Ted was a chiropractor, so I'm a second-generation chiropractor. As a kid, we always had adjustments, and I was around that kind of lifestyle. Now that I'm getting into going on my 26th year, I'm kind of getting more into where I want to mentor another doctor, that kind of thing. That's kind of where I'm headed. But my experiences um, are in different places. I practiced and I graduated from uh, Northwestern in Minnesota, and then I went off to uh, San Diego to Kentucky for a year where I worked uh, outside of a Toyota plant where I worked on a lot of the employees there and learned about ergonomics back in the 90s. And that was interesting to see that whole population. I was there about a year. And then I got offered to be partner in a practice in Minnesota. So I went back up there and I practiced for about three years. And then uh, I ended up going to St. Thomas, uh, took my family on a sailboat, went to St. Thomas Virgin Islands. And we had a practice there for 11 years. And then um, I came to San Francisco in 2011 into the financial district. I was downtown during the whole tech boom from 2011 to 2014. And it was very exciting. And I learned a lot about tech neck at the time. And after about three years in the city, we moved up to the foothills where I practice now in Grass Valley. I love being a chiropractor. I have a daughter and a son. My daughter lives in New York City. She's a stylist, a clothing stylist. And my son, Sam, lives here in Grass Valley. And uh, my wife is Jennifer. And we have we have a small practice outside of uh, between Auburn and Grass Valley that I go to every day and see wonderful patients like Helen. 
Yes. <laughs> and I get to teach people. Yeah, absolutely. And I get to teach people about their health and about the vitality of their body. What I wanted to share with you or with our audience is that your process is really unique and thorough and you make the patient feel totally part of the process. So when we first met, you spent like an hour and a half with me and you drew out on your illustration that you had made because I know that you do illustrations as well. It was amazing to really learn and get a visual picture of what's going on with my body and be able to kind of take it home and break it out and look at it. So I just wanted to share one of those unique parts about your process and and how much your clients feel like they're part of the process. Well, thanks. And that's, you know, the whole process thing, even the word process of of going through certain steps to attain a goal is like what we're trying to do. And uh, we all like, I know I sometimes try to get ahead of myself in processes and my hobbies and stuff. And it always comes back to know you have to slow down and go through the steps. And that's kind of what we do. And the patient is an active participant in their own health. Yeah. So do you want to share a little bit about your message that you want to share with our audience today on this show? Absolutely. You know, like one of the things that I see when I was a kid was my uncle was a chiropractor. He had a very vibrant life. And uh, and I like to see how our family was raised like that. We were typically outside playing and being very active. And it was the 70s, so everybody was doing that, and we were barefooted and all those kind of things. And, you know, those things are all good for us because they not only do they give us agility as children, but they teach us that our body, as we're bipedal, and so we're walking on two feet. And so we have gravity pushing on us all the time, and we're, we're active. Our body gets built up and conditioned for that, and it's no problem. But when gravity starts to affect us is when we stand at a computer or even sit, especially sit at a computer. Standing, you can get away with for quite a while, uh, but it's always good to vary your position. Uh, but that's that's kind of what we see that's unique in uh, this day and age. When I first started practicing in the 90s, I was working on sports, Ironman people. I used to do those races, and I was really into that. But a typical patient that would come into a typical office would be somebody with really bad low back pain from lifting a, a bucket of you know something heavy or lifting a toolbox or something. Now we're seeing, you know, less low back pain is a big deal. We're seeing more neck stuff or more neck conditions. <laughs> and I say stuff because there's all kinds of things that can happen in the neck from tight muscles to being on the computer and having ergonomic issues. Yeah. So I obviously, that was one of the reasons why I headed your way because my lower back does hurt from time to time, but my issue, just like a lot of people is the neck. So do you want to share with us? I think you call it tech neck and you had explained to me, like, when you lean your neck forward, it's like having a bowling ball sitting on your spine type of thing. So can you share with our audience that whole concept? Oh, absolutely. Like, okay, just think of it this way. So the spine, think of a plumb bob. We know what a plumb bob It's a string with a nice bronze uh, little point that's weighted that hangs down. And we see it at construction sites and surveyors use. And that's gravitational line. So when I say gravitational line, that's what I'm talking about. That line of gravity that no matter what. Especially if you're on a sailboat, which I, you know, you're standing at an angle, but you're always in your body's in line with gravity. So these kind of things are what affect us on a day to day basis. So if you're at a computer and your head starts to go forward a little bit toward the screen and you go like, say, if we look at the gravitational line in relation to human anatomy, we look at a person that's from the side, the gravitational line would go through their ear and then through their shoulder and then down through their elbow joint, down through their hip 
knee, the knee will be a little bit forward of it. And then the rest of the line goes through the Achilles area between Achilles and that little bone down there called the malleolus. And that line, you don't want to deviate because the structure of our body is engineered to hold that in position in a great while we're doing all kinds of stuff. But if we're, if we're sitting a lot and we're on a computer and we deviate and go forward to that line, then we get an extra 10 pounds of pressure because a human head can weigh 15 pounds, 12 pounds, like a bowling ball. Right. And then if you got a bowling ball and you like hold it right there by your face, like the pro bowlers do or down here by their chest then no problem. But as soon as you get out of there an inch, now your head weighs 10 more pounds and each inch. And this is a Mayo clinic study that was done. I think it was in 2010, but I have it written down in my office. But what we see with the Mayo clinic is they said that, yeah, if your head's forward, that's not only a problem for the musculature holding because the muscles start to tighten to correct that. But now you have nervous system tissue, which is very delicate. That's inside the spinal column that's getting affected that they can see on MRIs and such. And they can see the electrical impulses decreasing because of this posture. So then that begs the question, oh, wow, now if the, do you have a decreased conductivity because your head's forward, it's shutting off some nervous system energy or information going back and forth. What does that do to us? And they're finding that it does a lot of things that isn't, aren't good. So we you know, discover new things that we have to adjust to and uh, no pun intended. But the, <laughs> And when we get to that point, you know, you want to like even back when I was in the 90s and I was working outside of the Toyota place, it was in Georgetown, Kentucky. And I was working with this wonderful doc out there and we were learning about the ergonomics and they were like switching employees on jobs like every two hours or something so that they didn't do the same thing repetitively. And I just tell patients that do computer work from home. I'm like, set out, set up something where you can have an art easel. I have this on my little, I like to do sign painting and I have some other hobbies that require lots of standing and, and drawing or painting. And so I have places where I can set an iPad or my work that I'm doing where it's on the wall. And then other times I get to sit at my easel with a chair that's kind of like a tripod. Make, you know, I can kind of lean on this chair, but I just tell people to deviate every couple hours. Sometimes you can just take Velcro and stick it on the back of your iPad, which is what I need to do. And then have the other end on the wall and stick it on the wall. And now you're looking right at it like I'm doing now. And these are little low tech things that you can do. Because if you're looking at the typical computer person setup, you know, when I got to San Francisco, it's the hunched over person that we all know. It's at the end of the evolutionary chart or whatever. We all joke about the hunched over person on a right. laptop. And I got to San Francisco from the Virgin Islands. And I'm like, whoa, man, everybody's got computers in their hand. And this is this thing is like, this is not going to get any less of an issue. You know, people are carrying around bigger phones at that time. And my iPhone kept getting smaller. I was like, why does my phone look small to everybody else's? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's it. There's that kind of thing going on. So we have to correct for that. And that's what I do is do adjustments to help people and also teach about that. And what kind of symptoms would somebody have on a regular basis if they, like, they don't attend to this? Like, I tend to be what I call a grinder, right? When I get in the seat at the beginning of the day, I could sit and not move for literally six or seven hours. And I really have to focus on moving, but I just get so focused on my work. And so I'm just curious, like if you don't change this habit or what kind of health experience might I have and how long after working with you, can you see results and kind of getting some relief from that? Really good questions. I mean, these are things we talk about every day at the office. Like I look at it like in thirds. So a third of it is what you're doing. You know, a third of it's what I'm doing. And then the third is what you're not doing, which you need to do. It's like exercise or whatever. Right. But the other third is like what you're doing that's causing the problem. And there's always a cause. Like 
when I used to drive, I used to drive a lot. When I first got to the Air Force, I drove a truck and I was like 23 years old and I drove from Long Beach to New York. I had to drive a semi. Oh my gosh. It was in the nineties. <laughs> it was super fun because I got out of the military and I didn't want to have the boss breathing over my neck. Right. And I wanted to have the freedom of the road and I hadn't seen the whole country yet. So anyway, long story short, I only did that for about a year, but I learned that, you know, sitting for that long is not good. And um, what happens is your body's like a pump. It is a pump. And so we're pumping blood with our leg tissue muscles. Every time you walk, the calf muscles are helping get that blood back up, as well as all, all the cerebral spinal fluid in your spine. So if you think about sitting, we're kind of folding ourselves up into these positions of being sedentary and grinding it out, you know, because we're all in our head at that moment. All of our intelligence and what we're focusing on is in our head. So the body's kind of an afterthought at that point. But what happens is, is the body's the generator and the brain's the computer. And we need to keep that body moving in the right fuel so that it provides enough oxygen so that head works better. But if we're sitting, that blood flow gets, you know, it's slowed down. We get into modes where then we have, I mean, there's all kinds of systems that get disrupted. You got the, the circulatory system, maybe behind the knees, having that bent is so great. You have the nervous system where you have those nerves bent. And then the forward head, we see tingling and numbness in hands and both hands because that nerve, most of the nerves of the hands come from lower C5 to C6, C7. And that's called the brachial plexus. And that gets pinched in the shoulders and you get all kinds of stuff. So you get numbness in the hands, tingling, headaches, facial pain. You know, the hands and the tingling really freaks people out. But when they come in, I show them an anatomy drawing. I show them this. I'm like, look, it's not that big a deal. We'll make sure it's not anything that's life-threatening. And then if we decide, right. oh, we find the symptoms are pushing, this is disrupting that neurology, your hands are going to tingle. That's the first symptom, that kind of thing. So we know sitting isn't so great. So all that kind of stuff, folding our body up is contra to that running around in the 70s barefooted as a kid in the grass. We need to kind of do, that's the other third. That's the exercise part. Right. So the adjustments is the third I do where I get in there. I disrupt that muscle tissue that's been forward for five, six hours. I disrupt it. We get it moving, but we do an adjustment to realign you, get your gravitational part right. And then you do exercises to keep that structure well, and then work on the other third of your ergos, which ergonomics are like a big deal now, you know, and that's something I had to relearn when I got to San Francisco. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And so... What type of things do you think employers should look at with their employees to make sure that their workstations are positioned in a way that they can be as healthy as they can be when they're working? It's a great question. I have experience in this when I got to SF, one of my patients, um, this was for video games were becoming a big deal on phones. Uh, this is when Words with Friends from Zynga came out. I don't know if I can mention the company, but one of those companies I was asked by the manager to come in and look at their ergonomics of their computers to see if I could get them set up so that they're not looking down at the computer all day, essentially. Because what happens is that becomes a lot of problems with productivity. People get work injuries. Those aren't good. So like new companies, they want their employees to have everything, especially in the tech industry. I mean, even like really good espressos and whatever, but right. they have to have the, the, the artist that's the video game artists, if you will, because I'm not really in, I don't know the technology terminology, sure. but I do know that they're artists and that they use computer screens and that they use all kinds of things and they're on it all day. So what my, she asked me to do was come in and consult at this company to see what their positions and they were starting up and uh, they ended up making one of the busiest or most successful video games on the phone. Apparently oh, that's great, but I'm analog. I, I think I've seen it once and I saw that, and there was all these cool young people in there and it was so creative and it's such a cool environment. And I spent a day with each, I spent the whole day there. I spent time with each one of them and we got their screen set up for each one's, you know, perfect posture. 
And we did that for, I did that with another doctor and we had fun and it was like a field trip, but that's an example of like the employer being really concerned ahead of the time, getting ahead of it and getting them set up for Ergo. Now that's required at big companies that are like the biggest companies downtown have programs that come up like at a certain amount of time that tell you stop working in like 40 minutes and you do stretches or, or oh, you do wow. some kind of stand up routine where you kind of stretch, not stand up comedy, although that would be great. <laughs> but like you stand up out of your desk and you stretch your arms and you, there's these ergos that you do for maybe three or four minutes back to work. Wow. And you feel better, you know, and look, some companies require that out here from my, my old patients I saw in the city and I would hear all kinds of things like that. So they're still learning. They say that, you know, I think it was a, another study on Technic said that the best way to work at a desk is to have a standing treadmill desk. Right, right. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I don't work at a desk, thank goodness, not for very long. I get to work on patients and move my body right, all day. Right. But when I do my notes and get on the computer, then I have to watch it myself. Or when I do my art or my hobbies, I have to watch it. So those are things we have to look at as lifestyle things where we can change that easy. And it's real cheap. You can, you know, you go, oh, I don't have all this stand-up desks or thousands. You can get really good deals on Craigslist when law firms close. They sell all their, their oh, they get wow. new ergo. You can get really good deals. You can make uh, like 3M sells a bunch of products that you can put on the wall that you can mount your iPad. And I tell patients all the time, just check it out. If you do that kind of work, you want to get it set up. And yeah. uh, my chiropractic tables are ergonomic, so I don't hurt my back so I can do this longer. I plan on helping people as long as my body will hold up. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was uh, in your office two weeks ago with my pain level like at eight, and I could not figure out what had happened, right? And you could barely, you know, touch my neck, and, and we got it sorted out. And then I, I just saw you, I think, this week and yeah. or last week. And I was still like one side you could you could adjust, but the other I was kind of weird. But I had actually figured out what the heck was going on. and. I went to the doctor and got my eyes examined and they're like, Hey, you need a new prescription. It's slight, but you need it for computer use. And they didn't have time for me. So I moved on. Right. So the week <laughs> before I saw you, I'm like, Oh my God, I am putting my neck backwards so that I could see further down on my glasses. And I had done it for so long that the pain in my neck was excruciating. It was awful. And so Together, we kind of work that out. And of course, I'm going in to get some new glasses because, you know, now that you have me almost fixed, I don't want to have that that pain again. And so that's why I was asking about how does someone figure out what the heck is, is going on with their equipment and stuff like that? What other positive effects do people get from coming in and getting adjusted? So let's just say that somebody for, is generally healthy, but what is the benefit of coming in and getting adjusted on a regular basis to keep everything in line? Well, this is what I see. I know like as a kid, I got adjusted without knowing really what it was until I was about nine. And my moment that I knew what it was, was I had a dirt bike and I, I was at my uncle's house in the country. I could ride the thing and I was riding it. And I crashed over the handlebars and then my neck got stuck to one side. My mom's a nurse. She's panicking, but she's putting ice on it, which is great. Then, you know, my uncle's the chiropractor, he kind of looks at me, checks my eyes, make sure I don't have any head injuries and all this stuff. Thank God I had a helmet on and it wasn't a high speed thing. I just fell over the handlebars, but I landed enough that it put my neck out of alignment. So he waited and he gave it about a day or so. Then he went in there and checked me out and made sure everything was okay. And then he adjusted me. Instant relief. And as a nine-year-old, I was like, that's why he does it. Because I just knew that he would adjust all of us kids on the floor, you know. Right. And we would get adjustments like at Thanksgiving or family events. And he was a family chiropractor. And his dad was a dentist. 
And then my grandma and my mom were nurses. So we always had people fussing over us in right. some way or another. You know, you go to bed with one blanket, you wake up with 20. That's how my <laughs> grandma and my aunt, they, you know, they, and so they're always fussing over people and they, they're, they're you know, they serve. And that's, and it, yeah. that's what I do as well. And um, it's a fun thing, I guess. Um, if you look at like the body and you think about athletes, one of the things that people can benefit from coming into chiropractic is better performance as an athlete. We see all the NFL teams and NBA teams now have chiropractors as well as the Olympics. I got to work with Ironman and that was a big passion of mine back when I was in my twenties and thirties doing those races and all those guys get adjusted. We had like 1400 athletes get adjusted in Hawaii there in two weeks. And it was 25 wow. of us, wow. 25 chiropractors volunteering. Yeah. And I was, it was in the nineties. A lot of my heroes I got to meet from the triathlon world. You know, I've got to work on musicians and people that are, um, I've had CEOs and I asked one of my CEO patients who I really liked. I got to, when I was an SF and I'm like, why do you come in here? You're like, I, I said, I know why I get chiropractic, but I want to hear from a great mind who comes in regularly. Why do you get, what do you get out of chiropractic? He says, man, he goes, I got to fly to Vietnam regularly. I have all this stuff that stresses on my body and my body's my vehicle. I need my vehicle to run top notch. And that's why I see you. And that's, you know, performance, I guess. But for me, I, it's just, you need to allow your body to express its vitality. If there's any of the vertebra that are even a least bit pinched on my nervous system, I would rather not have that. I would rather have my body be free moving and have that fluid and all the tissues of my body working properly, as well as that nervous energy, which I'm not saying nervous, like anxiety, but that right. energy impulse of the nervous system that we call, you know, innate or we call whatever we call it, chi energy in, that, in acupuncture and in, in Asian medicine. And when we think of that energy that's flowing, you can measure it. It's electrical and, you know, it'll light like a hundred watt light bulb when you're sitting still. So that electrical energy best not, in my opinion, be blocked. So that's what chiropractic is about is just, you know, hey, you might have a little, you might feel great, but you can feel better. Right. And so I see patients. I saw a guy the other day. And he came in specifically for that. He's like, look, I want to change my life. I'm working out more and I want to make sure I can keep working out. So I want to have a good chiropractor, a good massage therapist and an acupuncturist to help me with my path. And that's what we do. We try to get ahead of it while medicine is there in case you have a disease or injury. We try to get ahead of it so we can avoid that. And then our quality of life is really great then, you know, and then you don't have uh, you can avoid a lot of the other stuff. So that's yeah. kind of the benefit you get. You've become part of my self-care program, and I'm super happy to have you. One of the things that I'd like to address, because this is the difference between my husband and I. So I love that you crack my neck, right? It feels good. I get immediate relief. And my husband's like, don't even try and crack my neck. Like, I am too freaked out. And you use your, your gun thing. So I kind of want people to know, like, you should still go see a chiropractor, even if you don't like your neck to be cracked. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Totally. This is the biggest one. Like it reminds me of like when I used to, when I was in the Virgin Islands, I first got down there. I did one day a week. I did boat captaining, which was fun. Cause I get to take tourists out and it was always jaws, you know, like if people got right. in the water or not was whether or not they watched jaws. I was joking all the time <laughs> about that. And this is like chiropractic with the neck adjustment. It's like, you know, oh, do they want a neck adjustment or not? Are they afraid of it? And so when they come in, I'm like, cause you know, people are afraid of stuff that, doesn't necessarily really rationally have any status or statistical reasoning, yeah, because, but that's okay. Yeah. You don't want to, we're not going to convince them of anything. We just want to know what is their preference. Cause when I was also in the islands, I would see people get off the cruise ship and they have a chiropractor in Wisconsin. I'd have to be like, well, what technique does he use or she use? 
oh, okay, well, I, I can't just adjust everybody like that. And you get relief from it like that. I do. That's old school. You know, that's how we did it. My uncle did it and the old time chiropractors, but we've developed new methods. One of them is called Activator. That was developed by Dr. Arlen Fuhrer in Minnesota. He's a genius. And anyway, he, that's, a, that's an instrument that was studied in Denmark and it's been around since the 70s, but it gets tweaked every year to be even more finesse to it and whatnot. There's tons of these techniques that you can do on patients that is very subtle and very uh, less it doesn't always have to be something where they're getting their neck cracked, so to speak. Right. Adjustment can be any varied technique and people get relief. And there's all across this board spectrum of chiropractors that go from light force to more, you know, more dynamic force. Right. And there's that whole thing. I get to do a little bit of all of it because I've been doing it for 25 years and met all these different docs and have a lot of experience. And I like to vary my, I see different patients. Some are not, I have 90, 290 uh, year olds yesterday, one ninety wow. one ninety. Yeah, I can't really do that on them. You know, I have to do right. other kinds of things. So I have to be gentle, and and you know, there's just finesse you have to do, and you just get to know your doctor or whatever chiropractor you end up with. Get to know them because that's who's going to be your your helper in your health path. Hopefully, you know, some people think, oh, if you crack my neck, you're going to like paralyze me or. I'm going to die or something, you you know, like in the movies, you see like where they just like twist someone's neck and they're like dead. Right. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking that's really not something that's going to happen. Here's the best thing I can tell you. When I was in San Francisco, I used to work on this guy was, um, I can't say the name probably on here, yeah, but a big, that's large fine. insurance, yeah, big insurance yeah. company. And he was, he was a CEO. And I asked him, I said, what's your number one um, insurance and doctors? What's the most? expensive. And I think he said something like anesthesiologists or obstetricians. I think they're in a tie for the you know right. most expensive insurance. And I said, what's the least expensive malpractice insurance? He says, he started laughing. He goes, you know what it is? It's you guys. Oh, you know, nice. as he's getting his neck adjusted manually. Right. by And he goes, it's you guys. You guys have very low incidence of anything. And he said, in fact, hot packs can be dangerous, more dangerous than anything else in a, oh. a physical therapist or a chiropractic office. Can, people can get burnt you know, in their tissue. And right, that can be right. a big issue for stuff like that. But typically the neck is, uh, there's been all kinds of studies that's, you can look up things that are on uh, Google Scholar and a lot of the colleges have put out information because if you do hear of something like that, usually you don't hear the full story that the person maybe didn't get an x-ray or maybe the doctor, right. you know, who knows, didn't know what happened before they came in. And there's all these kind of factors, but you just hear the dramatic part. But typically, man, it's the safest thing uh, that as far, if you're doing it correctly with the chiropractor, you get examined all the preemptive things we do to make sure it's safe, then, then it's safe. And that's what our yeah. job is to determine. And if, uh, but yeah, I love getting my neck adjusted. I go every Friday and see my chiropractor. I get adjusted and then I adjust him. Nice. You know? and if he comes to my office, then it's the other way around. But it's fun because we both love to have our necks adjusted. It makes us feel a little bit you know, taller and yeah. less stress in our shoulders and lots of other things that start getting kind of hippy-dippy. But I feel like things are brighter. <laughs> I go outside. I'm like, whoa, it's like coming in out of the movies or whatever. Like, whoa, it's really bright out and nice. But you just have to try it to experience it. And if you don't like your neck adjusted that way, you just tell your doc. And I just say, hey, man, there's no stress. We're just trying to help right. you to live your best life, as they're saying, you know, and keep your body healthy. Well, I keep think uh, the time that you spend with a patient before you even touch them really gives you a good idea of how their body's working and, and their medical history. I mean, that really helps you build that trust, and then also just kind of know what's going on with that person. One of the things I wanted to ask you, when somebody like gets in a car accident and their body just gets kind of moved around in the whole deal and they come to you, how do you kind of start picking apart what's going on with their body? 
Well, like I see, I used to see more of those type of patients when I was in San Diego when I first started because the doctors I was working with ended up seeing patients that were in car wrecks and those kind of things. So what I found is that, you you know, they'll come in and they'll definitely tell you where the most sore spot on their body is. And um, after being injured myself in several manners that are, you know, life-threatening where I've had broken bones and, and injuries that were pretty bad, I know this from experience is that a person always has one thing that's really bad. And then when you figure out what that is, then you can go down and figure out what the other secondary, tertiary, all that. Because usually you start working on the really tough thing and it starts to get better and other st- stuff, other conditions start to rear their heads and say, hey. Right. And that's what I found. And I think it's because the nervous system only can feel so much pain at once. And it's going to focus on the body you know, wants to survive. It's going to focus on the main area that's injured. So usually, you know, and then you have to investigate, okay, you got, maybe you need an x-ray. Definitely, if they've been in a, any type of car accident, we usually get imaging. You know, I don't do right. that imaging. I send them out to a medical facility I've right. been using for eight years. You can get an MRI, uh, x-ray, what have you. Then we go over that and see what we have, what's going on. And then um, typically I work on them. And then I, I have uh, physical therapists too that I refer out to. I work on them for passive care, which is they lay on the table. I get them adjusted, get them in alignment. Then I send them for active care, which is where they do exercise, maybe at a PT or, or an occupational therapist or someone nice. like that, sports med. And then they go do that for to increase their strength. And, you know, then I'm not really a big supplement person, but I tell them, you know, watch what you're eating. When I've been injured, you know, you don't want to be a smoker. That takes longer to, to recover. Right. You want to like get in some, there's all kinds of cool stuff out there. One of our fellow chiropractors, Dr. Axe, is uh, he has a company called Ancient Nutrition. We use his collagen. That stuff is amazing. When I go running, I use it. I feel my skin gets better. Anyway, that kind of stuff, you can kind of go, hey, what can I do to make the healing process increase? And just think of nutrition adjustments because what makes your body heal? Your nerves. If those nerves are open, you can get the full amount of nervous energy or vital energy to those areas to heal quicker. And they found this to be true. If that nerve is blocked, it's not going to heal as quick. That's what you call neuropathy in diabetic patients. You lose not only uh, blood flow, but what causes the blood to not flow, right? Well, what controls the blood vessels? The nerves. The nerves tell the blood vessels to dilate or constrict. Vasodilation, vasoconstriction. That goes awry, then you have these symptoms. So we know if the nerves blocked, that's not good. So anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you find that when people engage with you and a physical therapist that they end up recovering faster, but not needing as much hardcore medication for pain? Does that kind of move things along a little bit better? You know, that's what I've seen. I don't see a lot of people that take meds. Maybe I don't, they don't come into the chiropractor as much because they're taking the meds and they feel better and they don't know what, you know, if that's helping them, but they feel that it feels better. Typically, it's not, you know, the med is going to be there to eliminate symptoms of inflammation or pain or what have you. But the the real healing begins with knowing you got to keep the body moving while it's healing. There's tons of studies on if you isolate a joint like in a shoulder sling and leave it like that, broken or not, just a healthy person. Don't move that thing for two or three weeks. It's not going to move. It's going to be frozen shoulder. Right. Sometimes people dislocate their shoulder and do that. And then they have to have orthopedists go in there and do their job and open it back up. Oh, man. And no, under anesthesia, you. you know, they do it under anesthesia. Thank God there's anesthesiologists and things well, like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what, if you freeze a joint. So if you get injured, you want to keep that movement there. And so that's where it's like a team. Like I don't have PTs in my office, but my cousin is one up in Portland. And we all, we talk once in a while. I have a lot of people I know from running and from lots of other fun stuff around here that I meet. Lots of good physical therapists, other chiropractors that specialize in things like that. So we just have a big team of people that we all interact 
up here and try to do the best we can to keep the body integrity intact. You know, yeah, <laughs> this I day and know. age, just keep what we already have functioning <laughs> at its good level. Yeah, I'm learning. Believe me. <laughs> so is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience about, you know, keeping your neck in order? Anything that we missed that you want to share with the with our audience here? Wow, I covered the electrical nature of the spine. I covered that you're already vital. Sometimes we come to earth and we're bodies aren't super vital, but a lot of times we can increase our vitality through movement of the spine because that cerebral spinal fluid flows, which that flows around your brain and spinal cord. It's important to keep your body moving. It pumps it when you walk. So I guess I want to say, hey, get back to basics. Walking is one of the best things you can do for your spine. The tech thing we all know now, I mean, we can tell when our neck is in the wrong position. So when we start feeling heavy headed, we need to get our neck back and try to find a way to be creative in our workspace and set it up. If anybody ever wants to know any info on that, give me a call. I'd love to help you with that. Most people can look online. There's different places you can look up ergonomics for the office worker. One of them was called Human Scale, I believe. They're a good company that they have like an ergo one-on-one on their site. But they, you know, these kind of things are um, going to be helpful. Just being mindful of your computer position. And that the third thing that I'd like to say is just to increase awareness of vitality of the body. You know, we do we do tend to feel like these days we're helpless in a lot of ways, but there are things we can control. We can't control the whole body, but do remember it is a self-healing organism and it does heal from most things. And if you cut yourself, it's generally healed in a couple of weeks. Right. So anytime you get an adjustment, even that day, maybe be a couple of weeks until you feel the results because we take pressure off something. That's, you know, same with anything. You start going to the gym, maybe three weeks into it, you start going, oh, yeah, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling more tight or whatever. It always takes that course of time. And, and that's what I tell most patients. Two or three weeks is a good course of time to see how they're going to do and give yourself time. Awesome. Well, here's my recommendation. Two thumbs up for Dr. Kent. If you want to go to a chiropractor who's going to be really invested in you, for someone to spend 90 minutes on you to hear your story and start learning about your body and then making a plan to, to get it all aligned. Dr. Kent's your guy. So you can reach Dr. Kent at Dr. Kent. You want to share the best way for people to get a hold of you? Sure. It's Hardenbrook Chiropractic. And that's uh, 530-268-2623. We still have a regular phone as well as email. And that's uh, Hardenbrook Chiro. Oh, man. I don't know. the. the my, we're going to have to edit that part. We'll put it up and make it available for everybody. So, Okay, cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am super excited. And I look forward to having you on at the beginning of the year when people are kind of thinking about their next moves and getting their bodies in shape. I think you'd be a great guest for people to hear again when they start writing out their plans for 2023. Well, thank you. I'm really glad to be on. And thank you for um, allowing me to, to kind of say my message and I'd love to come back, and, it, and it's always good to see you, Helen, so you take care. All right, you too. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, Helen at OrnellosInsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S Insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond. <laughs>